0: and welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. I'm John. Thanks so much for joining us today. We have a great show for you today. It is our news show, and I know news has been a little quiet on the Star Wars front since the New Year started. Uh, Obviously, we have uh, a show returning this Friday, which we'll get into a little later, so that's good. Some more content coming. Um, But we do have some news that we're going to get into with you guys. Uh, James and Lacey with me, as always. Um, Guys, I was checking up on this thing called... Galactic Cruiser Hotel at Walt Disney World for Galaxy's Edge. And it's like a two-night stay or whatever. And I look at this thing as though it's not real because I can't imagine ever affording staying at this place. So do you guys think you'll ever get there? Like, is this something that's tangible to you? I just see it as like a YouTube video. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Um. For me personally,
1: um, well, first of all, if if any of you, if any listeners like what the resistance broadcast does and they have any sort of connection at all that could maybe help us get to get into this place is like some sort of uh, review or preview or something like we don't have that connection where we have connections elsewhere. So if you want to see it on the show and you want to help us out and you have that connection, yeah, help us. Um, as far as actual the, the cost of the thing, I keep hearing over and over and over and over again how expensive it is, and it is, but there actually is a package where if you have five people, it's 1500 a person, and that is half the price of going on your own. It's $3,000 a person otherwise. So you can cut it in half if you have a couple people to go with and i'm I start thinking I'm like five people is not that crazy if you're thinking like well we're you know we're a family of four or we're a family of three let's bring you know my parents or something like that it doesn't it starts to to not be so crazy or a group of friends, you know, Mm I, like I said, I'm hearing a lot that it's very expensive and it is, but I think people are overlooking. There is a way to kind of make it a little bit more realistic. Although I don't normally, I don't normally stay in the high end Disney resorts either. So I don't know. It's kind of tricky. Lacey are like, I know you got to want (laughs) to go.
2: I do, but I don't because there's, they're just so expensive. Like from what I've heard from people that work there and like any type of like information that people have been talking about price wise is that Mm -hmm. it's like super duper expensive and there are not that many rooms. So like I have friends down there that work for Disney or live in the area and they like drive by and they would count how many rooms there are. There aren't that many rooms and Disney as a whole is moving into more of a structure that ticket sales are down annually so what they're doing is they're creating more of these experiences that are high-end priced experiences that people are willing to pay for to make up for the down in ticket sales it's just i'm poor that's basically what my answer was
0: and like (laughs) james and james's answer was like help like it, it helps i guess but it's like yeah, Rolls Royce is like five hundred grand, but you can get it for two hundred and fifty grand if you if get you five people it. in it with you. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> and then you know what's going to happen too, which is really going to tick me off, and it shouldn't because people are like, "Oh, he's so funny, it's so great." There's going to be a panel at celebration where Josh Gad is like in his pajamas, staying at this hotel, and he's going to be all funny and it's going to be all cute and hilarious and all this stuff. He's going to do these bits where he's evading housekeepers. And uh, doing the whole thing. And it's not going to be funny because I'm never going to be there. And in real life, he's going to be there for like free. (laughs) Getting all his stuff because he's Josh Gad. Okay. And I'm going to be sitting there watching it like,
2: oh, it's hilarious. Never going to go
1: there. How much is a VIP ticket for Star Wars Celebration?
2: $952.
1: Okay. So that's half the price right there. Now think, how much is it for hotels over the course of five days when you're at Star Wars Celebration? about $300 a night. $300 a night. All right, so it costs more to go to Celebration with a VIP ticket than it does to go to the Star Cruiser. Doing
0: calculating.
2: <laughs> it's true.
1: Even even if you I mean, you can calculate I'm not uh, saying it's like your, crazy. I'm saying it's crazy expensive and stuff for that, me. like that, but all that I'm goes broke. into the same <laughs> trip. No, no, no. I hear you. Yeah. I, I'm I'm just saying I think that like Okay, VIP is expensive, and not a lot of people do that. But mm-hmm. um, but even then, you think it's three hundred bucks a night, and then you paid like three hundred or something. It starts to get close, even if you're just attending normal celebration.
2: Sure,
0: that's with the VIP. I don't know; I just made that number up. That's the cost after fees and all the extra fees, the <laughs> tourist fees, the taxes. <laughs> Two nights. But
1: but but everything about everything about the 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 other thing is is included. So all your food and and obviously it's part it's your lodging, Toronto your well. burgers
0: and your. Yeah. I
2: think they're treating it honestly. The pricing structure is going to look something like a cruise because you don't just That's get on and off. It's like a two day experience, yeah. three day experience with an excursion to Batu. I I I seriously think they're going to price it like a cruise.
0: I bet they're not. Yes. going to... Don't you get a, a
1: a ticket to the park as well?
2: Yeah, it's included. Yep.
1: That's what I'm saying. So and it's over the course of uh three days three days. so yep. so for one person to go to the park three days, that's three hundred dollars. right. So three hundred dollars is included. So if you're planning on going to Batu for three it's days, one three. one trip to the park,
0: I think
2: Yeah, it's only one.
0: You can't just be like, I'm going to go to back, go there, go back. Like go it's there, an experience back. that yeah. you
2: check in and you're on the ship.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, that's fair. All right. I was going to say that's $300 right off the top. So the ship itself is only 1200 It does look like outer space. Of space. But, but, I, but of I hear window. you. I hear you.
0: They're
2: expecting people to do their rest of their Disney vacation either first or after and then staying in this building for three days straight.
1: Yeah. And and I'll admit, it gets harder if you think about like, so me and Rachel have three friends that are going. It still means that me and Rachel are paying $3,000. But Mm. if I was, let's say, like uh, a college student or something, just like how I would, move to New York and I have to like room with people in order to pay the cost it's the mm-hmm. same deal it's like mm-hmm. as long as I have four friends and I'm just paying for myself 1500 bucks plus a plane ticket that's not as crazy of a vacation as I think someone I don't know right it's,
2: it's and, all about anyway, budgeting
1: it's all about budgeting you know it's all about plus, that Ramada it's gonna and be there kissing me a long
0: time an <laughs> yeah. Uber ride from Batu. <laughs> I'm just oh, saying, it, it,
1: if you if you think about it, in the course of like, I will go in a couple years. That means you're probably saving like, you know, thirty bucks a month or something. Sure. Because it's it's not that crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you get, but all your friends got to be in on it. Otherwise, it's it is like <laughs>
2: thirty
1: five hundred or something. I think it's thirty six hundred a ticket. I think for an individual.
0: I Good think. lord. Yeah. Well, yeah. James, you know who can afford that. Uh, ryan johnson ryan johnson Johnson. (laughs) so why don't we talk about him a little bit in resistance report
1: it's the resistance okay so we got better
0: segues than last week
1: better segues than last week (laughs) um well here's the thing guys so ryan johnson wrote directed The Last Jedi. And he set it up in such a way that when the Rise of Skywalker came out, it seemed to, for some people, kind of turn back his story. So then the defenders of Ryan Johnson, who maybe didn't like Rise of Skywalker, want to know. What's Ryan's take on this thing? And he's been suspiciously silent for a long time. But mm-hmm. he was asked recently at the Oscars, he was there for all of the Knives Out love. Um, and just in general, he's a big director, right? He's going to be at that show. He was asked what he thought of the uh, the movie, as well as Kelly Marie Tran, who also had, had some questions about, hey, were you happy, in particular with... Uh, how you were utilized in the movie and stuff like that. And I'm going to let you guys take this. I actually, I'm going to start with um, Lacey on this one. What was your takeaway from their comments about the film? I was surprised. Ryan Johnson said he hated it. He said it was garbage, and,
0: right?
2: <laughs> he did not say <laughs> Did I say read that? a different article? <laughs> that is not accurate. <laughs> MTV cut that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm not surprised at all at, at both of their reactions being very positive. I don't think they were ever going to come out and be like, this movie sucks. It's the worst. Because mm-hmm. Could you imagine how Twitter would be if they actually did that? That would never happen. But... Um, I think Ryan handled it well. You know, he talked about being a fan himself and seeing how much love J.J. put into the movie and how it ended up being what he, as a Star Wars fan, would have liked to see. And it wrapped up all these different stories. And then Kelly said something very similar in the sense of she was amazed at how many different storylines and characters got wrapped up in this last movie. And she kind of chimed in a little bit about... All the comments after the movie came out of her lack of screen time, which I feel like the three of us kind of talked about this a lot going into The Rise of Skywalker, that we thought that Rose was going to have less screen time because she's not J.J.'s character. He has mm-hmm. so much to handle as it is. So why would he give more screen time to her more than a Finn or a Poe or a Ray, obviously? Um and I think she handled it really well. She knows, she talked about how it was a special experience for her. It was her first movie. People keep to, seem to forget that it was her first movie ever. And I feel like people just go, oh, she should have all this screen time and do all these things, even though it was her first movie and she's not a main character in the film. But I liked that she had a positive attitude and she specified that, you know, this movie is bigger than me. And that's something that she learned along the way is that, It's not just about her or any other actor. It's like Star Wars as a whole. And I think that is a great message going out to other fans because I think oftentimes you get wrapped up on what it means to us, but it's not just about us. So I think people need to kind of let that negative stuff go because there's so much more in Star Wars than how much screen time Kelly Marie Tran has. So overall, yeah, I think they handled it really well. And I think that their comments were very positive about the rise of skywalker
1: i think both comments were very positive i actually think ryan's was uh i think ryan's was very much genuine and i think that kelly's was genuine too but i think that it almost seemed like she had other things that she would like to have said but kind of danced around and said some other things Mm. um i'm I'm almost to the point too, where I remember we had a big issue with this, like I think it was in a um a Patreon thing or something, or maybe it was a will of force, where we were talking about Rose's screen time in the upcoming movie. do we think she'll have a significant amount or do we think it's important that she has a significant amount? And I said, right. I'll let you know when i'm when I see the movie, and I've sat with it a little bit longer, and I actually am of the mindset that I think that character should have had more screen time. That being said, that's a whole other discussion. Mm -hmm. I see her quotes about it now, and I think she thinks what I think. I think she was caught off guard
2: of how much was cut out.
1: Yes. And if if I were asked that same question, I probably would have juggled it as you know what, I mean, I'm just happy to be part of the franchise. I I love the movie, that's true. J.J. had a lawn on his plate. It is what it is, is kind of how I felt like her answer was. But I sure. think if if you look inside or you ask her privately, I think she would have said, I would have loved to be more of a centralized character. But I think Ryan's answer answer was totally genuine. I think we knew he was going into that movie like... I'm done with Star Wars, at least yeah. for this this story. And I just want to sit back and I just want to watch it and enjoy it. And whatever they whatever direction they go, I think he's a genuine dude, and I really think he believes that. Now, John has not answered this question. We've been talking forever, me and Lacey. John, what were your thoughts on these two comments from these people? From these people?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> these random <it's>,
1: individuals.
0: <laughs> I th- I think they're both very important, as brief as they were, because. Until this point, all we've had, especially in the the vat of venom that can be social media is fans uh, speaking on behalf of these people and just putting words in their mouths and assuming what they think. And then it, it just dogpiles and it's like, Ryan hasn't spoken and he clearly hates it. And it's just this whole like gang mentality on J.J. Abrams and whatever when the guy has George said, too same right. deal for every one of the movies, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, it Ryan hadn't said two words about it. So, I mean, and then the same thing with Kelly Marie Chan, you have all these people just, you know, uh, saying that she's, she's mad or she, 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 got screwed and she's probably so angry. And, and then you have these two statements come out and whether they're 100% on the nose, what they would say on the couch with their friend or not, it's still out there. And that's the how they want to represent themselves. So it, takes a lot of the steam away from the negativity and the people who want to drive the uh have their knives out pointed at JJ Abrams. Um but uh the Ryan Johnson thing I liked his statement because I I do agree with you James. He did come across he it seemed genuine to me. Um he said I had a blast. It was a very special experience um seeing uh and and the thing that stood out to me is him saying like uh, the heart and soul that JJ put into it, um, he didn't have to go there with that. He could have simply said, "I had a blast. It was great seeing my my friends in another Star Wars movie, and it was a special experience." He brought up JJ on his own and 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 gave him attributes and things that he did. He didn't have to say that, so I think that's sincere. So I like that. The Kelly Marie Tran thing when she first started talking, when he said, and he. He gave her the question from the fans' perspective. He said a lot of fans have been very upset about how your character was handled, so he went at it from that angle. He didn't say what do you think of the movie when you first when you finally saw it. He said a lot of fans about all this, and her first. Reactions seem very like anxious, like her face, like, oh, geez. Mm -hmm. Um, So she definitely has the vibe of and is aware, even though she's not on social media, what's been going on. I'm sure she has publicists that tell her what the deal is. Um, But again, professional, classy response. Um, I I like the fact that she said, like, in, in so many ways with her tone, like, it's so hard to make these movies and people sometimes forget that. And the hundreds and thousands or however many people are involved in making this movie. And she even said, like, there were so many characters he had to close up stories for. Like, she's like, in other words, saying, like, I comp- I get it. Like, you had 3PO, Chewie, R2, all these characters. So um, I think she is appreciative that she's had these opportunities. She could have still been uh, a struggling actress working at a coffee shop if Ryan Johnson Mm -hmm. didn't cast her in The Last Jedi. So I think she understands that, and she knows that uh, she could have a brighter future ahead of her. She's still under 30, and uh, I think that's a a great move on her part. Whether it's 100% sincere or not, we'll never know, but I like that she represented herself that way. I have a lot of respect for her for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think she's she's so new to the whole game that being, you know, let, let let's call it a secondary character in the third film, you know, w- you still got to be a, a, a primary character in the second film. You know, it's just there's so much that goes into it. And the other thing too is we have no idea what went beyond beyond or behind the scenes. Like we don't know if the, if um her receiving the news that maybe some of her scenes were cut were a total blind side, or if it was like JJ sitting down with her saying, look, here's the situation. You know, I love everything you've done. I can't fit it in. I, it just, it doesn't work. I'm going to have to do this. I'm so sorry. Uh, It needs to happen. You know, like, and I'm not saying that did happen. I'm saying we don't know if that did happen or if it was the complete opposite. So her relationship with JJ coming out of this, you got to think it's just generally like, okay. Like it's, Mm -hmm. you you can't assume it's good or bad. You just have to think it's like, it is what it is. So I just assume that she just, she just kind of found out how any actor finds out that, you know, hey, we're going to kill off your character in a TV show or something, you know? (laughs) Like, I don't know. I just think it just is what it is, yeah.
0: Like, Mary and Brandon's probably like, this scene just doesn't work, JJ. Like, I can't make this work. And he's like, can you try? Can you try this? You know And she's probably like, I can't. can't. We got to cut the scene out, you know? There's Mm -hmm. a lot of people involved. And people just, they look at JJ. It's just JJ. There's just so many moving parts behind the scenes that even, like, we try to learn... As Star Wars podcasters on how the thing works, we talk to people, we try to you know, ask questions and learn more. And even we're still like, man, we still don't have our finger in understanding what exactly happens to make these movies happen. So people just like, it's just J.J. He was trying to knock the character out. It's just it's so absurd. And I'm glad that she kind of uh, doused, the, doused those flames a little bit. But And like Gwendolyn Christie, like her total screen time in this trilogy is like four and a half minutes. Like no one's like, she got... Sandbagged and she was supposed to be this big thing and stuff. It happens. Like it's just just one of those things. Like and I'm glad that she took the high road because if she went and got on board with this stuff, she probably destroys her career. Hmm. No one's gonna hire her if she starts doing that kind of thing. So she's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, do you guys want to talk about the next story?
2: Sure.
1: So this is kind of how I interpret most people read this story, which is Diego Luna confirms the Cassian Andor series is canceled. I knew it. It's over. Oh boy. I called it. It ain't coming back. That thing's gone. (laughs) Disney plus get it together. This is stupid. Wait a second. Oh, no confirms. It's still happening and they're starting filming this year. All right. Well, uh, (laughs) we'll see. We'll see. James we'll Loves' his new see. character. Apparently. No, th- Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> uh this news is, is is fine. It's nice to hear him talk about it. It's nothing we didn't know, you know. I mean it's I don't know that we necessarily knew it was filming this year, but we knew it was coming sometime soon. Um I was excited to see Diego Luna talking about uh you know, the character and being excited for it. But I I personally, for me, I still feel at the end of the day, this, this, there's not a whole lot here other than we, it's just more confirmation that it's happening. We're doing it. And we're, uh, for me personally, you know, not, not me, but Diego, I'm excited about it is what he's saying. Um, and he gives some insight into what it's going to be like telling a prequel of a prequel, you know, so it's kind of interesting, John, I, I know you just talked, but I'll start back with you and then, uh, then we'll head over to Lacey on this.
0: Yeah, it's always good to get confirmation from the pers the people involved. Kind of like when Ewan ps- cooled down the the heat about Kenobi, and everyone's like, "Oh, all right. Well, if he's if he's chill about it, then I'm not going to listen to CinemaSite.org about you know Kenobi's being canceled or whatever. I made that site up. If that's if that's a real site, I apologize. Um, but uh, you know, I I looked into uh, the the schedule here, and even ET said it was supposed to start filming this past fall, and Um, You know, we had heard that uh, Tony Gilroy was brought back in to rewrite the pilot, I believe. So I think they may have scrapped the stories they had. Maybe they got a little taste of what people liked from Mandalorian and like, all right, that this kind of storytelling works here. Let's try to regroup this thing. They probably have a core idea of what story they want to tell, but maybe the scripts weren't that good. So again, I think it's this, it's smart on Lucasfilm. You could say what you want about like, they're always, you know, delaying things and rewriting things and firing people and stuff. But I really think that is better than just "Ah, film it. Let's go. I think they really do care that they want to make sure they get it right. This is important, uh, an important venture for them to head to TV and make these good shows, especially if there aren't going to be films for the next you know handful of years. They want to make sure they put out a good product. So people are like, wow, Star Wars on TV works. It is good. So, uh, I think these delays are because they brought in Gilroy to rewrite some scripts. And he even, you even catch a little bit and you connect some dots in uh, Diego Luna's sentences. He said, I read some scripts. Like, he, he they're probably <laughs> handing him new stuff like, check this out. This is what we're doing. This is what we're working with. So he's not even fully connected. He just knows that he's ready to go when they're ready to go. Stay in shape. You know, don't gain 60 pounds sort of thing. Um, So, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I've never been too excited about the show, but I know I'm going to love it when it comes out. But I think, again, it's just one of those things that was uh, delayed a bit. Who knows how long once they start rolling because of uh, bringing in the guy who helped rewrite and restructure Rogue One. So, Rogue One wound up being great. Bring the guy back. Regardless of how candid he is about him not liking Star Wars that much, the guy can write Star Wars. So, Mm -hmm. we'll take it. I definitely like what you
1: said about seeing things from the Mandalorian that they could put into this. So I'm going to ask you, Lacey, do you think we're getting baby Babu Frick?
2: (laughs) No, I don't think we're getting that in this. An Um, even
1: smaller baby Babu Frick? Nope. That doesn't talk and does a hand thing?
2: Nope. (laughs) Come on, baby
1: Babu, do the hand thing. (laughs) Is there a
2: follow-up question to that?
1: Um, Question? The follow-up question is, <laughs> give your opinions on this story. Okay. <laughs> That's a statement. <laughs> Shut up, John. You don't know what you're talking about.
2: Um, Dad? I think this is basic, <laughs> you know, TV movie production that things get delayed. I think if we've learned anything about Lucasfilm in the past few years is that they really want to, after Solo, unfortunately, um, they're really trying to take their time with projects and and think them through and do them the right way uh, because just the press surrounding Solo alone of, like, the production issues didn't help it in the long run with the box office. So I think that with this being something, being a show that comes from a movie that everybody loves, like... There are some people that are like, man, it, but overwhelmingly, like you, James, people love this movie. It is their favorite Disney era film, even over the saga films. So they're bringing back a character that everybody already likes. Like, there's no question that someone was like, why Cassian? Like, I haven't heard anybody say that. Um, they really love him and they love K2SO. They're like a great pair. We're kind of getting that Han Solo Chewie action just with a different uh, team. So I mm-hmm. think it could be really exciting. And the guy that they're bringing back to fix the scripts makes sense because, from what I read with Rogue One, like he gutted that script, but he did it in the best way possible to make it what everybody likes now. So, if the scripts aren't going right, it just makes sense that they would bring him back. And I just loved, like John said, like he was just so candid of being like, I don't really care about Star Wars. I've never seen a Star Wars. It doesn't really matter. I look at it as a story, not a Star Wars story, and just say, look, this doesn't make sense. Cut this switch this over, write this in. Yeah, And I think sometimes the best way to have a successful project is to bring someone that isn't close to it in. Someone that can just do what needs to be done and doesn't have an emotional connection to things because emotions tend to get in the way of succeeding sometimes because you get so blinded by like, oh, we need to have this scene or, oh, this character needs to live. It doesn't have to be that way. And I think it when you have crazy. someone that comes in... Sorry
1: yeah- w- w- when we interviewed Rinzler, he said mm-hmm. he said he loved um uh Rick McCallum because he was not really like he was a producer first and foremost he was like this you know do this, do this, do this, and he always he was telling us that he thinks the best person to work on a star wars project is someone who doesn't know star Wars, but they know how to write a good story or they know how to produce a good film or something like that. And so, you you know, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that guy, has been around, you know, so he, he has a valuable opinion. So, um, it, it, so it's good. It, it it could be a really good thing. I mean, even look at Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau, you know what I mean? I think most people like to think that Dave Filoni knows all the Star Wars lore and has really a close connection with it. And John Favreau just in general knows how to make a good movie. And they, they both kind of have a little bit of each other, you know, reversed, but still, right. Um. Yeah. I mean. I. I. I think we can probably wrap on the story. Anybody want to add anything else to him saying? You know. He's excited to shoot it. No. Nope. No. I All think he's right. been well, saying th-
2: that for a couple months now. Every time he gets interviewed about it.
1: Since he was six years old, he's been saying that. Yeah. And and it's that same thing. It's like, wait a minute. This guy was in Star Wars. Can we ask him
0: about Star Wars? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Got to say, like we say this a lot on the podcast, like we. I think as fans appreciate seeing when actors are excited to be in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more deflating than seeing an actor like be like, uh, "Don't ask me about Star Wars," or uh, like the Harrison Ford of the, uh, the yesteryear stuff. But what he seems really excited about it, like when Ewan was like, "Yes, I'm so excited to get back." Like that. That always makes me. It makes me feel good. Ian always,
1: an- or I said Ian.
0: Ewan always answers that
1: question the same way. Like so people go, so "You're coming back," and he goes. I am.
0: (laughs) He always does that same thing. (laughs) I am. Almost like he just remembered that he was, oh, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, All right, one last
1: thing that we wanted to talk about is we finally got confirmation that Kevin Kiner is coming back to score the final season of The Clone Wars. Now, if you don't know who that is, he's been involved with the original Clone Wars series, and obviously he did um, Rebels as well. Um, but uh, it was kind of one of those things where it was like we all kind of maybe assumed, but it was nice to get a little bit of confirmation, and that came straight from Disney. So, um, John, I'm gonna no, Lacey, I'm gonna bounce Let's right. Let's start back with you. you.
2: You like Clone Wars the most. I want to hear what you think. And you like music.
1: You were on the Billboard charts, bro.
0: I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Kevin Kiner Oh, podcast takes a turn to negative town.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I here's here's the mission. I've I've watched all of the Clone Wars a few times and Rebels. You know, I think I've watched. I watched it obviously straight through once and I've watched repeated episodes a couple times and I'll still to this day. I I can't find something where I feel like that scene Totally is so much better because of the music, and this is where I think like the YouTube comments or comments on the, on this Twitter post or whatever will, will will come into play. I want you guys to tell me your favorite moments that you think that you know this is this it's the music that makes this scene. I think the number one answer is going to be um, the Ahsoka Darth Vader fight.
2: I was just and, about to say that,
1: and it doesn't it. I I know the song that, that that's, that's the first thing. It's the only song of Kevin Kiner's that I could like sing back to you other than maybe like the themes of the shows.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: other than that, no, I, it, it still doesn't really have like a huge emotional effect on me. Like, I think it's one of those things where I'm like, it's fine. It It is what it is and it's, and it's okay. But like, I think, if somebody else was doing it, like if Giacchino was doing it or obviously John Williams was doing it, I think it would just be so massively, incredibly better. And I just look at Kevin Kiner and I go, it's good. It's good. You're, you're good. You understand star Wars, you know, but I, it just, it doesn't like change the show for me or anything like that. I don't listen to the soundtrack regularly. So I've said a lot. Um, who wants to go first on this one? Lacey, I was going to shoot to you. Do you want to talk about Kevin?
2: Sure. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't have much to say about Kevin. I believe he was at the San Diego panel when they announced this. I think he was at the end of the table and he was saying how he was hoping he'd come back. Because at first it was like a celebration of Clone Wars and then it turned into what was coming because they didn't announce mm-hmm. it till the end. Um, I mean, all Star Wars music is cool. But like you said, James, I have to agree. Like you have John Williams at the top. And then I think Michael Giacchino is like right underneath that. And he is just the best. Like I love Coco. It is, like, one of my favorite movies, and he did that one, so.
1: Oh, he's done so many good ones, man. I'm a Right, but, like,
2: that's one of my favorite ones that he's done. So I feel like he's someone that, like, if they had said, oh, he's doing it, I'd be like, oh, man, really? I would assume that hopefully he's doing the Cassian show because he did Rogue One. Oh,
1: you just got me so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he's doing Cassian. I hope he does because that
2: would make sense because he did, you know, I could see him mm-hmm. wanting to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. But the thing that stuck out to me actually wasn't necessarily the, that. which is funny, the whole articles about how he's coming back and it's like, hooray, he's coming back. The one thing that stuck out to me was a phrase that said uh, that will cover up to Revenge of the Sith. Because I feel like we've had conversations mm-hmm. about the time period of the show and if it would surpass it and we'd see Anakin become Vader and what will happen, will there be any time jumps, this clearly states in the description that this show is up to Revenge of the Sith.
1: So is that is that statement specifically from Disney, or is that just yes, like a reporter the covering the story?
2: No, the description of the show is the it will take place in the events up to Revenge of the Sith.
1: That is an interesting find, Lacey.
2: Hold on, let me make John, sure. John, are I you seeing that? <laughs>
1: John, let's talk about it uh, while Lacey tries to look that up.
0: Yeah, I was just looking at his... Um, His resume and like the other stuff he's done. Um, He did the music for Narcos, which I knew a lot of people are big fans of. Um, uh, Some Star Trek stuff. The Incredibles.
1: Uh, I found it. It's a snappy.
0: Love it.
2: So it says, quote, exploring the events leading up to Star Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) It's the last sentence, exploring the event's leading up to so i was reading through this and i was like interesting because it's like we're proud to be working with series veteran kevin kiner as blah 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 blah, and then i was like interesting and then at the end i was like oh so i guess we're never seeing vader like we're not seeing him after he turns because it's mm-hmm. in, a weird,
1: in a weird way i still think that the statement it could just be a bland like
2: blanket like, statement come on
1: we well, we know what's happening here. We're, we're watching everything that leads up sure. to, to Revenge of the Sith. All of this takes place before. I Doesn't mean that the last is what few stuck episodes out to
2: me. events. But you're up right. To- Yeah,
1: you're right. Like, I totally could think if they're well aware that this ends before the movie starts, then it's just a statement to them. And they're not even thinking about it. They're like, yeah, the whole uh, we're not hiding anything from you. The series takes place before Revenge of the Sith. It's not not even a question.
2: Whereas we've been like, what does it mean? No, I know. Yeah.
1: So I I don't know, man, that that definitely trips me up. Mm. a little bit on if so no will of the force questions about if I think it will lead up to (laughs) anymore because I don't
0: know
2: yeah I don't know either
0: sometimes they botch those like press release content though and they're like well death troopers were definitely in the last Jedi I remember I mean, like sometimes, like they'll put out a press release and be like, "Oh man, who wrote that?" Like, uh, and then Matt Martin will have to be like, "Oh well, they mean general timeline. Like it could be everything around Revenge of the, you know." So who knows? I should,
2: I should message Matt and be like, Matt, per your press release, it says,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I'll be like, Lacey, please don't do this. (laughs) Yeah, Um, please don't go this way.
0: The mundane questions he gets asked is just like. Crazy. i
2: laughed the other day when he tweeted he was like he sees all these like no follower accounts asking him the same questions over and over and over again and i just gave him the gif of dwight with all the different outfits on from the office <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> um i don't know i mean I, I, I like you say james you know i haven't even watched this stuff as much as you i think once full through with clone wars rebels same thing um i i couldn't say oh i like a. Uh, like I remember Yoda's theme or Han and Leia's theme, but there's nothing that pops out at me. Um, but I guess he does it, you know, enough where it feels like Star Wars and it flows, and it maybe is. There's a certain different type of style in, in terms of how you compose an animated show versus a live action or a movie. I'm sure composers would tell you that. I know we when we had Ryan Shore on, he didn't even he wasn't even that big of a Star Wars fan. We we that's the vibe we got when we asked him stuff. He was kind of. Uh, very stock answers. Who's your favorite Yoda character? He's like, or Star Wars character. He's like, ah, Yoda, you know. Um, (laughs) Of all the Yoda characters, is Yoda. Well, there's two now. Yeah, Yoda and baby Yoda. There's three. I wouldn't be, oh yeah, Yaddle. I wouldn't be shocked if Kevin Kiner wasn't that big of a Star Wars fan maybe and he just got a good gig and he wanted to keep it going. Um, So, I don't know. It's interesting. I guess, you know, continuity. How about that? Maybe that's the best reason why he's coming back. Keep it, Mm. keep it Keep it fluid. Keep it going. Sure. And uh, that's good enough for me.
1: Yeah, good or bad, I, I would want him to return because he's the voice of the
0: show. Yeah. You they don't, you don't want so. like Randy Newman coming in like, <laughs> you got a friend in me. obi wanting Anakin <laughs> just like hugging. <laughs> I won't let you throw yourself away. You be throwing yourself down that lava
2: pit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <laughs> uh, right. I love um, LA
2: <laughs> all I'm thinking about is that family guy episode where he's like lady in an apple <laughs> yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <how> I <laughs> we uh, we toured with a band um, called August Burns Red if anybody knows who they are that, so that might be interesting to someone but uh, we toured with ABR and their front of house guy um, was a good friend of ours and he For whatever reason, like his parents or whatever, like he loved Randy Newman (laughs) and he it was like one of those things where it's like it doesn't make any sense to him. Obviously, he's like touring with this band. It doesn't sound anything like him and stuff, but he would always tell us stuff about Randy Newman. And he showed us this song one time that I, I kid you not like it sounds like a joke. But he has this really weird song about how Korean parents are hard on their kids, like, and we're like, "What is this?" And we're like listening to it. It's like, "Korean parents, Korean parents, like don't." Brandon <laughs> Newman has a song. Do this? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not. Ju- I swear to you, if you don't believe me, look it up. Just like a Brandy Newman, Korean
0: parents. It's well, a I know real song. Has- a- he has a short song. Short people have no reason to live.
1: Oh, that too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Short people got no reason <laughs> no
1: reason to All do that All his songs
2: sound the same, though.
1: It's
0: like
2: yeah. he's just—it's weird.
1: Yeah, he definitely has his own style, but yeah. it, it's weird because he—he he definitely has a, a a more pleasant style than I would. I wouldn't normally listen to him, but I would listen to his. Toy Story stuff, because I think he does something that's a little more like open, friendly with that
0: stuff. Mm. Oh well, he he did the score for <laughs> Marriage Story, which was nominated for an Oscar, and that was pretty good. And it didn't sound like his birthday. to the <laughs> birthday. <bad>
1: <laughs> Poor Adam loving Scarlett. Get divorced. <laughs> Adam Driver is punching the wall to death. That's- <laughs> Yeah. Get down on your hands and knees. Say I wish you would get." I wish you would get a terminal disease. <laughs> and then he's always Back like, Widow and Kylo Ren.
0: <laughs> what the hell? He's always, right. like, he's always on his piano stool and his feet can't hit the ground, so he's tapping his heels and stuff. I, yeah, I love it. I'm all about it.
1: So that's Ray, it for Resistance Report. Randy uh, Newman doing the cool <laughs> Oh my
2: goodness.
1: I'm sending it over to you to talk a little bit about what the Resistance broadcast is doing outside of the mainline shows.
2: Yeah, we're going into the Scoundrels Rundown. So you guys ready? I'll wait. <laughs> One. Like me and John both did two. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Punch, punch it! it! Punch it! Alright guys, so as we just talked about The Clone Wars is coming back this Friday. If you feel overwhelmed on trying to do a rewatch like I do or catch up on the story like I should have, heading into season 7 head to StarWarsNewsNet.com and find and this is the exact article title (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars Clone Wars series recap and what to watch before the show's final season and I said that because it's in caps because it's important Uh, I'll say that one more time for the colon make sure
0: you say Star Wars colon and yell it Star
2: Wars Clone Wars series recap (laughs) and what to watch before the show's final season Um, for full season recaps essential rewatch suggestions and more head over to StarWarsUsa.com for the patrons I know James is working on some stuff of like what episodes to watch when what order to watch them in he's working on it you might get it eventually (laughs) But he's also just a really big Clone Wars fan, so you guys will probably get uh, some cool review shows or recap videos first before we make them public. All right. So a reminder for the people that are slacking, we're running a giveaway contest called Hashtag Rate the Resistance for Apple Podcast users. One winner will win a T-shirt from our store of your choice, and all you have to do to enter is the following things. One, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Two, take a screenshot. Three, tweet that screenshot to us at RBATSWNN using hashtag RateTheResistance. It helps us and it enters you to win. And you can enter through the end of this month and we'll select a winner on March 1st. Also, if you want to support us another way, you could become a part of our community at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. It's our Patreon page where you guys get exclusive content and much more, uh, Discord chats, etc. And it just allows us to do a lot of things throughout the year from travel and much more. So please head over there. Um, but yeah, if you want more info, head to our YouTube channel. We could also, where we also have a video that explains everything and I believe it's just called like details on Patreon page it's pretty simple straightforward we don't like to mess around here <laughs> in, <laughs> so, all caps. in all I caps I think it's
1: called a slash about us dot html <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's pretty straightforward so uh, you can see that there but yeah until next time Chewy get us out of here
0: all right guys it is time for ask the resistance
2: I've been Midichlorians.
0: So this is where we hear from you guys, and you contribute to the fun and the uh, content of the show. You uh, toss us your questions, and you can do that if you if you haven't yet. If you've been thinking about it, uh, tweet at us at rbatswnn. If you're not on Twitter, it's a it's a wonderful place, like uh, gumdrops and mm-hmm. and candy slides of uh, positivity and and, and wonder. Uh, get an mm-hmm. account and follow us at rbatswnn. You can tweet us your questions using hashtag Ask the Resistance, or find I usually put out a tweet asking for questions. I often show the gif of uh, Felicity Jones beating up Jimmy Fallon uh if you're shy you can email us your questions at resistance at gmail.com and there's other ways too. our personal accounts we'll figure it out and if of course if you're a patron shoot us a direct message you'll get the super highway right to the show so uh first question uh we're gonna go to lacey change things up and start with lacey this week um <laughs> we do that every week this is from cam ray at cam ray way to get your handle cam that's what i'm talking about and cam asks lacey you ready Okay. Hi, Cam. Cam asked, with the emergence of technology to recreate and manipulate human voices based on small audio samples of the original voice, uh, I guess he's talking about the program Adobe Voco, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on future Star Wars projects featuring the voices of deceased actors or even actors who are still alive uh, who may have retired, for example, like a James Earl Jones as Vader, or, uh, or is this a slippery slope?
2: I don't think it's a slippery slope. I think you have to look at other projects like... um, I know we don't... Well, John doesn't like us to do this, but with Marvel in particular, uh, Stan Lee passed away several years ago, unfortunately. Um, And the rumor around is that he shot a bunch of scenes that can be used in future Marvel movies so that he's always having cameos. So going back to what... Here... I think what they did with Leia was beautiful in The Rise of Skywalker. I think they handled it with grace, and they did it in a way that showed tribute, but also let her play a big role in the story. And I think something that we all need to remember is that some of these characters like Darth Vader are bigger than the actor themselves. Like, Kylo Ren is bigger than Adam Driver. And with the technology we have, like you said, and not only that, voice actors you don't need to have the person there to do more lines and to do more scenes. Um, Especially characters like a Chewie or C-3PO or, you know, any character that's in a costume, you don't need the person. Um, I think your slippery slope might be the CGI, like Leia and Rogue One. Like, how do you handle that kind of thing? Or Tarkin? Because, then it gets to the point like, are you just going to keep bringing back people that are no longer with us? It just seems a little bit morbid. But I think if it's something like a character in a mask, it's a little different because you're not seeing the actual actor. And people do it all the time. From video games to audiobooks to movies, it's no different. It's always a different person. So I think it's just a balance of what's right and what's wrong. But most of the time, I don't think it really matters.
0: Interesting. Good answer. I didn't know that... They could really, unless like they did with the C-3PO like Waze app, you can just kind of simulate his voice.
2: So what they do with the Waze app is they have um, a huge document of words and you just read the words out and then a program will piece them together. So you can actually do your own Waze app. Fun fact. If you go into Waze and you record it yourself, the voice can be your own voice Mm -hmm. or your significant other, your son, whatever, daughter, grandma. Uh So um, yeah, they don't need the person anymore.
0: Wow, very interesting. The future is is terrifying. Um, (laughs) Are are, am I even really on this podcast right now? The audio listeners are wondering if it's really our voices or not. It could be a. Oh, it's
2: me. (laughs) It's me. me. All
0: right, thank you, Lacey, and thank you, Cam. Uh, All right, James, you ready? This one is from Daver Mondum at D Mondum. So close. Um, what do you make of the Mortis arc now that the Skywalker saga is complete? Has the sequel trilogy changed your interpretation of it in any way?
1: Uh, for me personally, it has not. Um, what is interesting though, and I know we don't, we're not going to talk too heavily about it, but the Duel of Fates script that leaked or whatever was I think that had that been episode nine, I think a lot of things would have changed and I think it would have became a bigger conversation um, over what that is in those particular episodes of Clone Wars. Um, I actually had recently considered, this is a little off off the question a little bit, but I had considered like a March Madness style, like what is your favorite arc of Clone Wars? And I just assumed that the ultimate winner of this would probably be the Mortis arc. I think it would be like the number one, like thing that people remember and enjoy and really liked about the clone wars as a like two or three episode piece segment. Um, Now I could be wrong about that. I don't know what the opinions are, but I think most people appreciate it. How that story has found its way into other speculation about almost everything every piece of star wars you know uh clone more clone wars stuff the movies the comics uh rebels um it just for some reason those particular three episodes have found their way coming into people wanting it to somehow connect to so many other things um but what's funny is i don't really see that it connected at all with 7 8 and 9 specifically not that it should have but I think now that the sequel trilogy is done, how have my opinions changed on the Mortis arc? I, I don't think they have. I think it still is its thing. And it just, the, those particular movies didn't affect it for me personally.
0: All right. Thank you, James. Good answer. Uh, Davor, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Let us know in the comments or hit us up on Twitter again and let us know what your take was on that question too. Because mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes when people ask questions, they have their takes on it. It, um, it sounds like he thinks there's been a change, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, there was a couple of yeah. weeks ago where someone, we gave you a question on Ask the Resistance, James, and they sort of answered it right there in the question, <laughs> and you just read their question, and that was it. Um, I got right. called sassy for that, I think. <laughs> Did you?
2: Huh. <laughs> yeah. I love that's when a, people describe you as sassy, James. That's rare when you get
0: called sassy. Well, Lacey one time off camera said she loved when you were sassy on one of the videos, so... There you go. Maybe a little more sass out of James Bainey. Who knows? I just
2: find it so funny because you'll just be sitting there and you'll be like, no, I disagree. And I'm like, oh, he's getting sassy today.
0: <laughs> that wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I politely think that wasn't g- very good. Um, yeah, it's always
2: like super nice. Whereas I'm yeah. like, no, you're wrong. Could, yeah,
0: Lacey, could you guys stop Lacey talking and, like, and let's move on to the next question, please? <laughs> Shut up, James. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Excuse this next me, one fine fellows. It's <laughs> from... Matt Skywalker at MIB 1188. Um, I'll grab this one. So Matt asks, Disney decides that only one of these formats will have Star Wars content in the future, TV or films, which one would you choose? I'm still going to say films, if I had to choose one or the other, as great as like The Mandalorian is, um, I still feel at its heart of hearts, Star Wars is a movie franchise. I know George Lucas originally toyed with the idea of it being a serialized thing, and I get that, trust me. But it became what it is and exploded out of cinema. And I always feel like Star Wars at its root, at its core, when you think about uh, when you first got into it, it's that experience, that event, going to the theater. It's more than just seeing any movie; it's an experience. You meet other fans, you see the cosplayers. Uh, it's like it's almost like how Star Wars Celebration celebrates that idea of being at the movies and seeing a Star Wars movie for the first time. I really feel like Star Wars belongs in the theaters, so I I do hope that while there is a you know quote unquote hiatus right now, that that tradition will continue and be and still be the staple um uh because i don't think it's going away yet i know people had their thoughts on like how the movies performed in the box office and that sort of thing Uh, i still think it's it's a juggernaut i still think it has a lot lot of legs left uh even 40 years in so if i had to pick one it'd be uh it'd be films real quick with you two what what would you choose films
2: film yeah all right
0: All right, cross that off the Star Wars war potentialists. All right, that is it. I want to thank everyone for those questions. Keep them coming at RBATSWNN. Uh, We have fun with those, so we appreciate that um that brings us towards the end of the show here uh, i want to thank everyone for watching and listening and being a part of the resistance if you haven't yet as lacy said before rate us on the uh, apple podcast and submit that hashtag rate the resistance win yourself one of our t-shirts um but also just in general make sure you're subscribed to the show you can do that on apple podcasts also soundcloud spotify uh and youtube if you're watching how you guys doing um, make sure you head to Star Wars every day for your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Lacey told you before, Patreon.com/slash resistance broadcast if you want to support us to your start at two bucks. Uh, I want to say a special shout out to our Patreon generals. We got Mello, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, who you'll see on the Patreon pod race on Thursday, Neil Shaw, and here come the Beard Brothers. David Probus and John Reese, Seth Keim, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Gary, uh, Michael Gaines, and Val Tretchkoff. Generals, thank you so much for all your support. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, Lacey couldn't have said it better. You know, your support does so much for us. Uh, what, what we do on Patreon, also, of course, everything else we do uh, content-wise, so we really appreciate that. Um, and uh, T Public for our shirts, and uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and at StarWarsNewsNet.com. Newsnet.com. James? Twitter and
1: Instagram at Myra Trunks. And if you're ever at Jimmy John's, get that triple chunk chocolate man.
2: So,
0: all right. The cookie. Don't go for the chips. Get them to sponsor us. Lacey?
2: People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin.
0: All right, guys. Uh, We hope you enjoy your weeks because Thursday we're bringing back the games. Let the games begin! We're going to be doing uh, another round of Who Are You, our quote-guessing game, so get studying and play along with us. We know you love doing that. So uh, until then, as always, we'll see you around, kids.